Presents a music and talk show where your host Darren Roebuck is joined by a variety of artists, scientists, entrepreneurs, and therapists as they share what's on their minds and give you new ideas and practices to help you get the most out of being you. Can you dig it? Be sure to visit deeporbitstudio.com for links, show notes, and more. Now sit back and take in the view while we blast off into Deep Orbit. and welcome to Deep Orbit Studio Presents. I'm your host, Darren Roebuck, and with me today, all the way from sunny San Diego, is my friend, Lara Least. And she's going to be telling us her story about how she went from being just sort of a regular working person and became her own entrepreneur in a way that is... Well, it's very unusual and in a field that she just sort of discovered on her own, which I find to be truly fascinating. So, Lara, thank you for being on the show. How are you? Hi, Darren. I'm great. Thank you for having me. I love being here. Oh, you're very welcome. So, I understand you have a celebrity with you there. I do. I have Mr. Dexter O'Neill. He's right in my lap. Very nice. Dexter O'Neill is in Lara's lap. Now, you're going to have to explain a little bit more about who Dexter is. <laughs> yep. So, Dexter is the uh, dog of Michael O'Neill. And Michael O'Neill has his own podcast, which is quite lovely. And it's called The Solopreneur Hour with Michael O'Neill. So, you can actually see a picture if you go to go to Michael's website. There's an image of uh, Dexter hanging out in Michael's studio there. Very nice. So really, he's the co-host. Yes, he is. He's, a, he's always the co-host. <laughs> very nice. That just really <laughs> kind of makes me laugh a little bit. Dexter is a very cute dog. He's great. So, so Lara, tell me, uh, how did you get into your current field? Well, first explain to people what you do now, and then we'll talk about how you got into it. Yeah. So I write show notes for podcasters. And uh, for those of you who don't know what show notes are, they are basically like a little summary of the podcast, and they go up on the podcaster's website. And, uh, you know, different people write them in different ways. But what I produce for people is uh, a set of show notes that are that you can use as a marketing tool that you can send out either to your email list or you can, it'll just help you promote your show. So I like to pull out a couple different points from the podcast and enough to make the reader want to listen more. So that's what I get to do every day, and it's pretty cool. That's interesting. So you must learn a ton from listening. To, do you have to listen to all these podcasts? I do, yeah. I listen to, to every episode that, um, that I write. So, yeah, pretty. Yeah, it's pretty great. I learned a ton. Wonderful. I, I bet. So now... I know my show's an hour. Uh, are most people's shows about that long? And do you really listen to that stuff all day? <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah, the shows that I do, I guess, are generally between, like, 35 minutes and, and an hour. I mean, some of them even go a little bit longer than an hour. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, they're all, they're all within that time length. So that sounds like a lot of work. 
You know, it can be, uh, but it's also fun. So I've always had the experience that when I actually like what it is that I'm doing, it doesn't feel like work. So I, I get to enjoy my day. And I break it up. I go to a cafe and uh, just so I can be around people, you know, because otherwise I'm at home with earbuds in my ear all day listening to other people talk, but not actually talking to anyone else. <laughs> so I have to find some way to socialize during the day or get it's a little tedious. Yeah, I was going to say that's that's a that, well, it's a lot like here at Deep Orbit Studio. It's a, a whole lot of being inside by myself, working on other people's stuff. And but uh, um, but at the same time, I understand when you really love what you do, the the hours just zip by. That they do. Yeah, it's pretty great. So tell us a little bit about your journey. What were you doing before, and how did you come across this uh, this interesting field? So I have been on the entrepreneurial path for, I would say that the last 10 years, I've been very actively uh, either working for myself full time or having at least a part-time regular gig and having uh, work on the side. So, because I've been a writer for a really long time and I spent most of my 20s working for other people and it just never clicked for me. For whatever reason, I never quite found my place. And I would not have called myself an entrepreneur. I wouldn't have ever thought that I would run my own business. But honestly, I just got tired of being pushed to the side by other people in their businesses. So it seemed the next logical step to run my own. And I started out in copywriting because I have a background in journalism and public relations. So copywriting is a good fit. And I did that for a number of years. And I also got into network marketing. Uh, so that's really, those two areas of are where I've spent my time over the last, gosh, I guess it was about eight years until I started. Eight out of the last 10 years I've spent in those two fields. And then I got into show notes about a year and a half ago to, through uh, Michael O'Neill's podcast. He was looking for some help with his show notes. And he asked for it on one of his podcasts. And I said, well, I'll do them. Uh, he and I have been friends for over seven years now, and so I was listening to his show anyway, and I thought, well, I've got some extra time. I'm happy to help him. I don't know what show notes are, but I'm about to find out, so <laughs> that started the ball rolling. Well, so it really just sort of fell in your lap. It did. It did, and I think, you know, I think I've been successful at it because of my background and also because... Uh, I was, it was the right place at the right time. And if anything else had worked out prior to this, I would not have been open to taking on a new opportunity and, and going down a new path. So, so it really was a, a combination of, you know, everything that I've done prior to this led me up to that moment where I could say yes and really fully embrace this new opportunity. Because like a month after I started writing for Michael, uh, we went to New Media Expo, which is a, a yearly event where there's um, it's a conference and there's bloggers and podcasters and uh, like online web series people, anybody who's doing any of the quote-unquote new media as opposed to old media, which is radio, TV, and film. And so I met some amazing people there. I had one spectacular client who I connected through there, Chris Ducker, who's at chrisducker.com. And working with Chris opened up so many doors for me, and Michael refers me out to people. So I've literally never done any advertising to get my clients. It's all been referral. And for me, that's how I knew I was on the right track. 
So it, it made, you know, the prior eight years worth all the blood, sweat, and tears. That's so cool. I love hearing about this. And just the little intro has gotten me intrigued. But as is the case with Deep Orbit Studio Presents, we're going to cut to a song. And uh, as with all the guests, uh, Lara has provided all of the music for today. And the first one really touches my heart in a big way, I have to say, uh, because she picked one of the greatest performers of all time. And that, of course, is Prince. And this happens. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And this is also one of the greatest songs by Prince that you never get to hear on the radio because it uses the F word all over it. <laughs> but, you know, we use the F word here on Deep Orbit Studio Presents. Uh, so sit back, listen, snuggle up to somebody you like and get down to Sexy Motherfucker by Prince. All right, here we go. Check it out. Yo, man, what? She came. Where? There. Oh! In a word or two, what you I want to do. No, not your body, your mind, your fool. Come here, baby. Yeah. You sexy motherfucker. All alone in the villa of Riviera Got some friends on the south side in case you care Out of all of your friends, I wanna be the closest That's why I tell you things you be the most Is when it comes to life, to be this man's wife You got to be well educated on the subject of fights I mean the prevention of In other words, it's Ariel leaning up this thing called love Are you up on this? If so, then you can get up on a hug and a kiss Come here, baby You sexy motherfucker Come here, baby yeah. You sexy motherfucker We need to talk about things Tell me what you do Tell me what you eat I might cook for you See, it really don't matter Cause it's all about me and you Ain't no one else around I'm even with the blindfold Gagged and bound I don't mind about sex, it's all about love, being in charge of this and life and the next, while all the cosmic talk, I just want you smarter than I'll ever be when we take that walk, come here baby, yeah, you sexy motherfucker, come here baby, yeah, you sexy motherfucker, horn stand please,
fuck Shaking that ass Shaking that ass Shaking that ass Guard your pulse and your dog The sexy motherfucker so fine I'll drink up bath water A long lady Five foot eight Pack an ass His tires are great But one to spit I give it a set to myself Hmm, just cause Cause I'm using a quite the calm one You never found me out problem Boy, I'm just having fun But I had the chance to stay in love And be hot I better get throw that ass in the air And turn into sun Sexy motherfucker Shaking that ass you sexy motherfucker I don't know about you, but that song makes me feel really good. I know, I love it. <laughs> it's the it's the coolest groove. It's and you know, as I say so many times, as we play most of the stuff off of YouTube, the video is so great. It is so great. It's so eighties. 
Um, yeah, it really is. And it's Prince, which always makes me laugh because he's sitting there going, sexy motherfucker. And I'm looking at him going, <laughs> do people think he's sexy, especially in those outfits? Oh, gosh, I sure do. He's like one of those really weird crushes that I've had my whole life. I'm like, I don't know why, but he's really sexy to me. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you're not the only one uh, in that respect. Um, I know my uh, my sister was telling me a story. She's uh, been in uh, acting field in L.A. for a long time. She doesn't live there now, but she did, what, did for uh, a long time. And uh, no, um, you know, she has no, she doesn't get starstruck or anything like that. And she's actually a very, you know, put together person. And she said that she was at, standing outside of a fancier restaurant in uh, Hollywood one time and uh, sees a limo drive by. And she's like, whatever. And then all of a sudden, out of the sunroof stands Prince. And she said that <gasps> the most involuntary squeal came out of her. <laughs> As she saw Prince, she's like, oh, my God, it's Prince. She's like totally, totally acting like one of those people when she sort of prides herself on being much oh, more composed. So <laughs> yeah, so yeah, no, I understand. He, he, for a year and a half, and I, I don't know, I guess I saw a few celebrities, but I actually, two of my uh, friends in, who I met while I was in L.A. are the twin backups. They were his twin backups. They were dancers and singers for him. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, yeah, they're they're amazing. Mia and Mandy McLean. They have like their own stuff now, and he just produced uh, one of their songs. It was last year, I think, or maybe a year and a half ago. He produced one of their songs for them. So they they collaborate. And when uh, when I first met them, I was like, oh my god, I just have to tell you how much I love Prince. <laughs> yeah. So you know, typically I'd ask. Why'd you pick that song? But I already know. It's a sexy song yeah. <laughs> by, by an uber-talented person. Um, and, but I encourage everybody to watch it because there's this whole like cinematic part at the beginning. It's kind of like a mini-movie. It's really cool. Nice. Yeah, and then there's a bust at the end. And, and Prince doesn't leave with the girl. He leaves with three. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> and he calls them, you, you, and you. Let's go. <laughs> I was like, no, that's a real player. <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, back to Lara and your interesting story of getting into being a show notes entrepreneur. Um, so the process, what do you do? And, you know, we, we know like sort of how you fell into this, but uh how did you bring your copywriting background and uh, your network marketing background to be um, to be successful at this and to you know make it so that you are the in demand person? Yeah, it's a great question. So I, you know, in terms of copywriting, one of the things that uh, you learn is really how to take on anybody's voice. Because basically, in essence, unless you're, you know, you're uh, writing copy for your own product, you're a ghostwriter. So you have to learn your client's voice. You have to learn how to be them for their audience. So, you know, I work for a variety of podcasters, and they all have different ways of communicating and different styles. So, so I, I applied that ghostwriting type technique uh, to, to writing show notes for multiple people. I mean, that's just one of one of the many tools that I use from copywriting. It's been, um, yeah, it's been masterful to have that that background and be able to apply it. And then, you know, in terms of network marketing, uh, 
you have to be your own boss when you're a network marketer. Like, nobody else tells you when you're going to set aside time to work on that because generally, at least when you're starting out in that field, you are not doing it full time. You have to, you know, be very disciplined and, and set aside time, you know, when other people might be watching TV or out with friends or whatever. You have to decide when you're going to spend your time, invest your time in creating that business. So I had to get, and I really was, but it just really helped me solidify being disciplined about when I do uh, things that need to get done. So I've taken all of that, and it's really been, they've both been absolute assets for me. So what are your, a couple of your uh, time management and, uh, and discipline type of, uh, type of tricks that you employ? Well, one thing that I use that, that I've discovered in the last year that's been so helpful is uh, if I like if I have a super busy day and I'm just going, oh, how am I going to get all this done? Instead of dreading it, not even dreading it, but just saying, oh, boy, uh, I really focus on how I'm going to feel when I've accomplished what I need to accomplish. And that helps me get through, gets, gets me through the day. It gets me through creating products that take way longer than I expect them to. Really, any sort of, I don't want to say hurdle, but, but any sort of challenge that I'm faced with. Because, you know, I mean, let's face it, some days you just don't want to work. It happens. But when you're, own, you're your own boss and people are counting on you, you have to, regardless of how you feel. So, uh, for me, it's a lot of mindset. It's you know, focusing on how I'm going to feel when I'm done. It's also just understanding that my feelings are just feelings. And I can choose how I respond to those, whether I, you know, I give in. Or I just say, okay, that's how I feel right now, and I'm going to do this anyway. Very nice. So a little bit of positive future imaging, and then the rest is understanding that uh, you, as a person, are separate from your feelings. As a, yeah. As absolutely. a yoga instructor told me a while back, she said, you are not your circumstance. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree. That's very cool. So I have a, a side question to ask just out of curiosity. Uh, do you meditate or have a mindfulness practice? I do. I don't know if I would call it meditation, but I like to just be out in nature and just be really quiet and preferably have, you know, my bare feet in the ground and just kind of take in, because I have this amazing backyard in the middle of the city. It's like it's like its own little natural habitat back there. And uh, so I like to go back there and it's quiet in the morning and just listen to the birds and be, and I guess it's mindfulness and just being present and being grateful for that moment. How wonderful. Very nice. So yeah. uh, back to what we were talking about here. Uh, when you're being um, the, the entrepreneur that you are with no one else to tell you to get back to work uh, and you're writing all this stuff for people, now you're saying you use your ghostwriter technique and create someone else's voice. Um, right. So what, what's more the detail of that process like? Like how do you get their voice coming out of you? Well, it's definitely a it's an ongoing process, at least initially. So it's like I've learned to listen for sort of nuances in their conversations. You know, there are, there are certain uh, ways of asking questions that they may have uh, that differ from another podcaster. I also have come to know their audiences, mm -hmm. so I know how to speak to their audiences the way that they want to. Uh, and a lot of that really is just listening. 
and repetition over time. You just learn to pick up on, on little quirks in people's languages and um, and they also tell me what, you know, if they have a particular focus that they want for that episode, if, if there's something that they heard of value from their guests and they want that, uh, that topic to be brought out in the show notes, and I'm happy to do, you know, to do whatever it is that they need. So it's, it's an ongoing process, and it helps to also get feedback from them and, and tweak it along the way. Very cool. Do you ever feel Do you ever feel strange doing that, like you're not being you? No, I don't. That's the weird thing. Like I kind of think that maybe I should feel weird about it, like, but I don't. That's so cool. That was actually also kind of an awkward segue that, like, I, I try to, I pride myself on my awkward segues. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I'd pride myself on, on, the, on the graceful kind if I ever had any. <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyway, another one of the songs that, uh, that Lara uh, chose is a great song by The Doors that I love. And this is People Are Strange right here on Deep Orbit Studio Presents. People are strange when you're a stranger Faces look ugly when you're alone Women seem wicked when you're unwanted Streets are uneven when you're down When you're strange Faces come out of the rain When you're strange No one remembers your name When you're strange when you're strange, when you're strange People are strange, when you're a stranger Faces look ugly, when you're alone Women seem wicked, when you're unwanted Streets are uneven, when you're down You know, people are strange when you're a stranger. They are indeed. You know, even if you're not a stranger, I think people are still strange. I think Jim may have yeah. missed, missed a point there. So out of curiosity, why'd you pick that one? 
Uh, because there's a line where Jim says, no one remembers your name. And for my entire life, no one has ever remembered my name, let alone pronounce it correctly. So I resonated with that song from a very early age. <laughs> That's awesome. I was really <laughs> expecting you to say something a little more, uh, I don't know, a little more philosophical, <laughs> but it actually, that's very practical. I, I, I approve of your answer. Um, so, uh, so Lara, you are a, you're a solopreneur. You do show notes for people's podcasts. Um, a super awesome thing, by the way. I mean, I think it's so neat that you just really stumbled into such a unique place where you're essentially your own marketplace. So that's that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, But even still, the road of an entrepreneur, solopreneur is not an easy one. And um, so what were some of the the stumbling blocks that you encountered and uh, how did you overcome them? Wow, we only have a little bit of time. So I'm going to try to focus on just like Uh, two or three. Talk away. (laughs) You can be as long-winded as you like on this show. Yeah. Oh, there's so many. I mean, there is a reason why not everyone does it. You know, I had a, a personal trainer in Denver who, um, who anytime something would get hard, he would he he called me L because he could never remember Lara. So and he would say L. It's not easy because if it was easy, everybody would do it. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And that just applies to so many parts of life, and certainly being your own boss. I mean, from the time management to uh, just having people understand why you're doing it. Like, I don't find that so much anymore because I've been very conscious about calling relationships in my life where people are supportive. I mean, most of my dear friends are solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, or they're on that path. You know, they might still have a regular job, but their, their vision and their focus is on being their own boss. But... Gosh, when I started out 10 years ago, I didn't have that. There's not a single person in my family who runs their own business. I mean, I didn't grow up in that. So, so much of it has been me just figuring it out as I went along. And I've been very open and uh, transparent in the work that I've done on myself, which I think helps a tremendous amount when you're you're being your own boss because you're faced day in and day out with, with your own fears, your own insecurities. Uh, I mean, there are times when it was literally survival for me. Like this is the first business I've run that fully supported me pretty comfortably. And other times I've, I've had to squeak by and I've had to rely on other people to help me, but it all, it all came back to just believing in myself and, and, um, continuing to do work on myself and my own inner my own inner process so that I could face every hurdle and you know overcome it that's great so really it's just a matter of of just digging deep and really just wanting it yeah yeah which you know sounds really simple but in practice it's not <laughs> it's pretty tough and it takes a lot and I mean to be totally frank most people it's not going to take them eight years to get it right the way that it took me so, so you have that going for you if you go in, go in that journey, go on that path. Indeed. Well, you've become successful in this um, in this endeavor rather quickly. Uh, what what do you owe that to? Uh, again, in the right place at the right time. 
And, I mean, it certainly is also my skill set. And it's something I've discovered uh, and really gotten present to, at least in the last couple of years, is that not everybody says they, not everyone does what they say they're going to do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it really, a lot of life really is just showing up and, you know, honoring your commitment. And then if for whatever reason you can't make the commitment that you made, at least honor it by, you know, acknowledging what happens and taking steps to make sure that doesn't happen again, because, you know, we all have to break our promises from time to time. But for me, showing up was certainly a large part of of my success and being, you know, being humble and, and uh, being really grateful for every step along the way and being open to feedback and, uh, you know, taking taking new paths as they came along, taking new, new opportunities. That's uh, really cool. So would you say that, um, did you have any issues uh, like with uh, facing fear of failure or fear of success or the usual kind of fears that people um, encounter when they strive out into uncharted territory for themselves? <laughs> yeah, I mean, all of the above. <laughs> uh, almost every day. I mean, I, you know, some of my podcasters are in the top 20, 25 of all podcasts on iTunes. Like, that's a big deal to, and I'm not saying that to toot my own horn, not by any stretch. Anyone knows me, they know that I'm not a braggart by any means. Oh, you horn tooted you. <laughs> in fact, I should do more of that. But, you know, working for people who have that kind of commitment um, it just, yeah, it, it has enabled me to, you know, face those fears and go, okay, yeah, that's a fear. It's there. It's normal. It's part of being a human being. And I don't have to, uh, act upon it. Like I can just have it. So, but it, you know, some days it can be, it can be very, very much in my face, especially with, you know, yes, with the podcast, with the show notes originally, I got into a groove where it's not quite as intimidating now, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, putting out show notes made easy. I mean, that's my product. That's my baby. I literally nine months, I burst that thing <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, putting it out there and going, Oh God, what are, you know, and then people buying it and going, Oh God, they're going to want their money back. Like, like that's the thought that I have. <laughs> And then, you know, and I have one of my podcasters who is going to be promoting it for me, and it's Chris Decker. He's a big deal. And, he's, and he, you know, he, he vetted it, of course, because he does that before. He'll put his name associated with anything, which, duh, of course. And he's like, you're a total natural. This is great. And, and I'm like, okay. Well, Chris says it's pretty good, so it must be all right. <laughs> So what's it like having uh, elite clientele? Does it change the way you uh, operate, or does it change your mindset when you're looking at your final product? You know, it does. Uh, I learn. I mean, I learned so much just from listening to their shows and their podcasts. Uh, and I was very blessed to have a like a mastermind half day session with Chris Ducker and Pat Flynn um, here in San Diego about a year ago when I was just starting show notes made easy and so to get their feedback and uh, you know talk to them and listen to them talk about their ideas and where they're going it's super inspirational and it also helps me take a really um i guess a bird's eye view sort of a forest 
view of, of product and making my business scalable so that, you know, if I do want to go take a month and spend it in Italy, I can do that. Like that being able to work in your business is great, but being able to work on your business is what is going to make the difference between being um, self-employed and, and actually running a business that doesn't run your life, but you run it. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. So tell me a little bit about Steve Carlson. And So, yeah. yeah. Do you know him at all? Have you ever heard of him? You know, when I uh, looked at the video um, prior to the show, I had never heard of him before. Yeah, I don't know how popular he is, but I found him because I am a big Jensen Ackles fan. And Jensen Ackles is on, he's on soap operas, but he is on the TV show Supernatural. Mm-hmm. And uh, he sang backup on one of uh, Steve's songs. And I think I read that in an article somewhere or like in Jensen's bio. And I was like, oh, I'll check it out. And I listened to the song. And I, for the life of me, I can't remember which song it is. But it was on Steve's first album. And I was like, oh, I really like this guy. And at the time, Steve's website, which I think it's set up differently now, but I think you can still, then and now, listen to every song that he has, that he's, that is out in the world. And you can just listen to it, stream it on his website. Um, and that's what I did. And I, I just, like, fell in love with his music. So. Very cool. Well, we're going to check out some now here. This is Steve Carlson, and you're listening to Deep Orbit Studio Presents. All right. Stand. There's a funny feeling that I get when I'm with you You and I, we've gone so far together Feels like we're one step away from being through And I know you're better than you might think And I think you might have done something wrong but I believe these words that you say I can't help to feel this way And if you thought to let me go Well, I don't want to know If I did something wrong And you thought that you'd be long In the arms of another then, no I don't want to know If I've taken you for granted It's not the way I planned won't you even know I don't want to know I saw something wrong Where did it begin When I was asking you It looked like you felt like giving in So I changed the conversation Avoiding confrontation Cause I could see that we were headed somewhere We could not come back from And these things you wanna say to me I know that they'll eventually tear us up 
can't help to feel this way And if you thought to let me go Well, I don't want to know If I did something wrong And you thought that you'd belong In the arms of another that no Mind keeps wandering about a stranger even a friend And they won't go, no they won't leave These thoughts like enemies in my head Maybe a day will come when I won't want to know If you're running around on me So then I'll just pretend I'm the one to wait for the last time Just know that I'll believe All right, Steve Carlson. You know, the first thing that I notice about that song is just how masterfully produced it is. And same with uh, the video. And you were telling me uh, during the break there that you were uh, that you, you were having trouble finding one of his videos. And yet the one that exists out there makes him look like he's a movie star from way back. I know. It's, it's great. So, I mean, I'm glad he has that one anyway. I hope, uh, I hope more people find him and- Go out and check him out. Go out and check out Steve Carlson. Actually, I noticed at the end of the video, it's steviecarlson.com is where you can uh, find him. But I'm sure if you just... Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Stevie Carlson. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's because of all of his Stevie Wonder influences. Maybe. Which, which, you, can, which you can clearly hear. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I wonder if that's why I like him so much, because I grew up on Stevie Wonder. My mom is a huge Stevie Wonder fan, and she introduced me to him. Wow. Actually met him? Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> His music. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. So sorry. Out, like, I actually met him. No, I haven't been that lucky. <laughs> I was about to be seriously impressed, as opposed to just being <laughs> just sort of normally impressed. Um <laughs> So you are a solopreneur. You have your own business. You've had more than one, and this one is getting off to a wonderful start. You said you've been at it for about a year and a half now. Now, let's go back. Well, let's just say, look back at the person you were five or six years ago when you were really first starting out uh, as an entrepreneur. What would you say to her now? I would say, let's say a few things. Uh, One... Stick with it, no matter what. Um, 
I would also tell her that it's absolutely working perfectly, like the timing is perfect, so just trust it. And oh, and to just like really get that the voices, you know, the voice in your head that, that doubts you and you know says all the crazy things that it says, just ignore it. <laughs> I mean everybody's got it. Everyone has some internal critic that, you know, is, is there. So just, you know, when it pipes up as it will, just say, Okay, thanks and go back to doing whatever it is that, that you're you're doing and press forward. So elaborate a little more on what you said about trusting the timing. Yeah. Well, if anything else that I had ventured into in the last eight years had worked out, I would not have said yes to doing show notes. And, you know, I believe that I am one of the only people in the world who does this, at least puts it out there in the world, that this is what I do full-time professionally, and then I'm pretty darn good at it. So, I mean, it's... And and I think people will be able to listen to this show in five years and go, yeah, she was on the cusp when the podcasting was just in its infancy and was just about to break out. So, you know, I'm just sitting in a position that's really sweet and... I would not have had that opportunity if anything else in my timeline had worked out when I had wanted it to. So so there's definitely a big element of trust and, and to know that, I mean, everything always unfolds perfectly. Whether or not we want to believe it, it really does. So, and the only way that we ever, we can either just trust that and surrender to it, or we can put our, you know, uh, our we can look at look at it in hindsight and go, oh yeah, it really was working out the way that it was supposed to. So, you know, you have you have two two ways to approach anything. And I think it just helps to surrender to the process and know that yeah, it really is unfolding perfectly, even if it doesn't seem that way. That's a good thing to remember, and that's good advice for anybody out there that's trying anything. When you don't know yeah. what's in front of you, it's good to know that. If it really feels right, it's going to keep feeling right and keep after it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if you're meant to go in a different direction, then that door is going to open and you'll know it. So, you, I mean, my, one of my philosophies also is, like, if I don't know what to do next, I'm not going to do anything. Because when I know, I'll know. And I get it and I move forward. But if I don't know, that means that something else still needs to percolate. Something else needs to happen yet, and then I'll get super clear on what my next step is. So what? <clears throat> tell me a little bit more about the learning curve there and when you learning how to just know that everything was going to be okay. I mean, clearly at first, that's not such an easy thing to do. Oh, my goodness, it's not at all. I um, have had an interesting path, especially over like the last four years in particular. I moved to Ireland in 2010 to pursue graduate school on uh, total tangent. I thought I was going to be a women's therapist um, because of just things that had happened in my childhood and, and personal things that I was feeling. So that seemed like the next step for me. And, you know, I knew that I would somehow put my marketing background to use because I was in my own practice. I was going to market myself and I saw myself, you know, growing into a coach and a speaker and an author. And so, you know, I utilize all my marketing 
background there. But I went to Ireland and uh, finished my master's degree in women's studies. And the next logical step was to uh, go on and pursue an advanced degree in psychology. And uh, I was pretty tired of school at that point. And I was like, I don't really know that that's the right thing for me next. But I don't know what else I'm going to do. Like, I had left, I had left everything in the state. Like, I had sold everything I owned. I had said my goodbyes. I was not going to live in the U.S. again, or so I thought. And uh, so I was like, I've cut all my ties. I don't have a job to go back to. I don't have a home to go back to. I don't know what to do next. And I don't know if there's ever been a more and I guess frightening is the word. I mean, it was definitely, uh, it was a lot of uncertainty for a couple of months. And I just had to sit with it and be with it. And just, I mean, I, I meditate and I pray. And, you know, my daily prayer was just show me what's next. And eventually it did come to me that California was next. Um, but it, it was a couple months of not knowing and just, having to trust that I was going to know when it was, when something in the right path opened up, I was going to know and I was going to follow it. Um, but yeah, it, it was several months of not knowing. So that really hammered home that lesson for me. So now that you've become more practiced at this, uh, how does it feel now when you reach uh, an impasse in your life? You know, it's much easier to be with uncertainty and to just go, oh, okay. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what to do in this situation. So I'm going to let go, and I'm just going to surrender to what is and enjoy the moment and know that, like everything in life, it'll shift, and something new will open up, and I will get clear on where to go next. So yeah. it, it does become easier with practice. Very cool. You know, I've been on a similar, kind of a parallel path to yours, as it turns out, and uh, I've found that... The more I've learned to trust, the more excited I get when there's unknowns ahead of me. When I know yeah, that some some awesome adventure or or opportunity is going to come up, and when I reach those moments, they used to terrify me, and now um, I get thrilled. Yes, absolutely. The unknown has become much more exciting. So. If you could say anything to people who are trying to start their own business, aside from the, the usual stick with it and trust your gut and your instincts, what would you tell them? Okay. Well, I would tell them a couple of things. You need to get clear on what you're passionate about. Like, what can you talk about for hours and hours? What absolutely excites you? And then go explore that industry and see... A, is anybody making any money doing it? Uh, B, do you want to be like those people who are making any money doing it? And C, where is there a need that's not being filled? And maybe there isn't a need that's not being filled, but that industry is rich and alive, and that tells you that there's room there for you. And, uh, you know, if you can't find a particular need that needs to be filled, then you just have to show up as you and uh, learn how to create your brand from that. And offer yourself to the world, and people will respond. Awesome. Lara, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us um, and your journey and everything. Um, for the podcasters out there, how can they get in touch with you and, and hire you to do your thing? Yeah. 
Well, I am available at shownotesmadeeasy.com. You can check out more of the product there. And then if you want to get in touch with me, just scroll down to the bottom and you can send me an email there. And I will also give you uh, my top five tips to writing great show notes. You can follow that. So cool. Thank you very much for being on the show. It was really great being able to talk to you. Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure, Darren. I was very happy to be here and glad that I could provide value for your people. (laughs) You certainly did. And the one more last bit of value is this wonderful song by Anna Kendricks. Um, So why'd you pick this one? Oh, I just love this song. Uh, I mean, it's unique, obviously, and and it's um, just in its composition. And I kind of have her range, so I can sing along in the show. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely one of my favorite songs ever. All right. Well, this is Anna Kendricks. And once again, you got to see the video to see how they perform it and see how truly talented this woman is. It's it's pretty stunning. All right. Yeah. This is Deep Orbit Studio Presents. Check out DeepOrbitStudio.com for show notes, sadly only written by me. And um, <laughs> although I'm going to take some take some notes from the note maker herself here after we hang up. Um, and uh Be sure to check out the offerings, and uh, we'll see you next week, everybody. You take care.
miss me by my talk, oh, you're gonna miss me when I'm gone.